G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. No doubt there are still some raw nerves over what we saw just a couple of weeks ago in the Christchurch massacre at a mosque. And all of the fallout, all of the politicization, all of the issues that have erupted in that time might give us some cause to take pause and look at some of the things that are happening just below the surface. Bill Muhlenberg has been blogging significantly over this past two weeks. I think it's something like eight articles that he's produced that are commentary on the things that are developing after the Christchurch attack. Bill Muhlenberg, join us once again today. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, so much to talk about. One of the things, though, that you've drawn attention to in one of your latest articles is this idea of a Muslim call to prayer, which seems to have emerged in a significant way post the Christchurch attack. What's your motivation for writing about this? Well, there's a lot of, uh, sadly... uh kind of lack of understanding of what exactly this and related things mean. Um, Sadly, we've had uh, churches invite uh, Muslim leaders in to recite this and related prayers, usually in Arabic, so they don't actually know what it even means uh, as far as the English translation. Uh, We've had parliaments, Western parliaments, doing the same. We had it in New Zealand. We had the Prime Minister... Uh, having uh, Muslims come in saying Muslim prayers uh, to the uh, all the politicians there, broadcast throughout the country, actually, so everybody could get in on it. And, uh, well, I mean, you know, it depends what the prayer is. If it's saying, God, help us all to get along with each other, we bless and recognize Christians, Jews, Hindus, you know, that would be, that would be nice. But that, of course, is not uh, what's being prayed. And certainly it's not what we hear in what's called the Adan, which is the Muslim call to prayer. It's a very specific thing indeed, and it basically says there is no God besides Allah, and he reigns supreme, not only over every other god, whether it's Christ or Krishna or Yahweh, but uh, Allah reigns supreme over every human parliament, constitution, legal system. That's exactly what that Adan says in its short seven verses, and yet we're bringing in Muslims to pray this in our parliaments in the West, which uh, many would have said is... uh, kind of an act of sedition. So uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a worry when people really have no idea what they're uh, getting themselves in for. So Bill, on one hand, uh, let's keep the context to Australia. On the one hand, you've got uh, some uh, governments, uh, and I'm thinking of the Victorian government right now, considering taking out 
Christian yeah. prayers in the parliament. But on the other hand, you've got this idea that in solidarity with the victims, say, in the Christchurch terror attack, or with Muslim people in general, that somehow or other in order to uh, befriend, to express love, to express some sort of solidarity, uh, they'll be wanting to have their prayers in our parliament. Is that the sort of thing you're talking about? Well, exactly. And in fact, we can put the two together. What uh, Dan Andrews wants to do in Victoria actually has already happened in New Zealand. A year and a half ago, they removed the name of Jesus Christ from the federal parliament with their opening prayer. They deliberately pulled any mention of Jesus Christ in the opening of New Zealand parliamentary prayer in the morning. And yet now, as we just heard, they're bringing in imams and others to uh, offer Islamic prayers over the parliament. So uh, a couple of problems here. First of all, whatever happened to separation of church and state, or in this case, Moscow state. I mean, New uh, Zealand prides itself in being such a secular country where it will not allow religion to have any kind of influence in politics. Well, they certainly did that by pulling Jesus Christ out of the prayers, and yet they're quite happy to bring in Muslims to pray in Parliament and have it broadcast throughout the land, even though Muslims make up 1% of all New Zealanders, Christians still make up roughly 50%. So it's kind of a slap in the face. Well, not just to those 50% Christians, but probably a lot of uh, uh, secular people, atheists and others, you know, they're probably all very happy. Christian prayer has been pulled, and now they're bringing in Islamic prayer in the back door, or in this case, in the front door. Almost like a changing fashion trend if you don't know your faith and what comes from that by way of human flourishing or uh, what's the opposite to that, a, a deterioration of flourishing. If you don't know that, if you're unaware of these sorts of things, then just a passing fashion is the way you might think of it. Uh, Christianity is uh, wilting a little. Uh, let's just try and promote this other religious uh, ideology. That's a dangerous thing, Bill. Oh, it certainly is. I mean, as you say, some of these guys may be mean, well, good intentions, let's show some solidarity, let's show some empathy. Uh, well, and of course, that means all the women putting on scars, pretending they're being good Muslims, at least for the day. Uh, again, the same kind of cluelessness here. The uh, hijab and things like it, even worse, the burqa, are really uh, symbols of second-class citizenship for most women in Islam. There may well be some who happily put it on, but many know it's a symbol of oppression and of their uh, second-class status within Islam. Women just do not rank well with men, and the uh, head covering is just one indication of this. In fact, the very time the Prime Minister and all of her buddies were happily throwing on their headscarves, we had a human rights activist and female in Iran sentenced to 33 years in prison plus 148 lashes. Why? Because she's standing up for Muslim women who want to take off their head coverings. So, you know, when the women in Iran and other places see what uh, Jacinda Ardern is doing in New Zealand, it's a slap in the face to them. Here, our human rights lawyer is going to get 148 lashes, 33 years in prison, because they're trying to liberate women in Iran. 
and yet the leaders in New Zealand and elsewhere are trying to take us back to the Stone Age. So this is scary stuff indeed. A false sense of security, Bill, in the thought that somehow or other the freedoms that we hold uh, are going to be there no matter what. Uh, this idea of a false sense of security, that's a concerning thing because people don't seem to be very concerned about that at all. Well, we're losing our freedoms real fast. Uh, Islam is not known for being a great supporter of human rights, of freedom, of democracy, of pluralism, of women. Uh, come on, the very opposite. Whenever you have a Muslim-majority country, it's bad news. It's all one-way traffic. You are not finding Christian churches being built in Saudi Arabia. You're not finding interfaith services being held in Iran. And yet here in the West, we're bending over backwards. Who can be the most Islam-compliant? Who can be the most appeasing to all things Islamic in the name of getting along? Well, sorry, that doesn't work. And um, usually when Muslims gain majority uh, population and control, well, the first ones to go are these kind of clueless Westerners who've been kind of duped into uh, giving them what they want, but uh, Islam doesn't look too highly on that. Actually, they look at it as a sign of kind of a lack of courage, of submission, and of course that's exactly what the word Islam means. It's submission. You submit to Allah and Sharia law, so they don't look uh, upon Western politicians and others very highly when they make all these concessions. Let's come back to this idea of the Muslim call to prayer and the sort of prayer that might be prayed because in some sense when you want to have some sort of compassion, sympathy, solidarity, what is it that could be you know, more inviting and open than actually allowing someone from the Islamic faith to pray a prayer? But you've actually broken down some of the elements of this prayer and uh, there are some sinister uh, ideas, sinister connotations that come out, particularly if you look at that through Christian eyes. Well, even paganize if, if you read it for what it says like i say you usually get it in arabic so you wouldn't have a clue but if you look at some of the better english translations you'll see exactly what's being proclaimed there it's not some happy kumbaya interfaith let's come together and pray for each other and we all love everybody it is saying again uh, as it says in the very first two lines the shahada as those two lines are known uh, there is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. So that, for certainly a Christian, should be uh, sending off warning lights. The very number one sin, if you will, of many in Islam is to say that God has a son. Um, guess what? If Christians know anything about their faith, the very heart of Christianity is Jesus Christ is God's son. So that is denied in Islam, that is seen as blasphemy in Islam, and yet that's the very opening line of this prayer. But it gets worse uh, when it says twice, Allah is the greatest or greater. Uh, well, the Arabic there, we should know, it's Allahu Akbar. That's usually what you hear when another jihadist or terrorist goes on a killing spree, lopping off heads and so on. That's exactly what they say. God is greatest. In this case, really, Allah is greatest. It's not just that God is generic 
is great. You know, we could all agree with that. But what it says is Allah is the greatest, greater than uh, the God of the Bible, the God of any other religious tradition, and, as we mentioned, greater than any man-made law or constitution or parliament. So it's really establishing a beachhead when it's said in a Western parliament or in a Christian church, they are proclaiming, if you will, the lordship of Allah over this country or over this land. And that is, uh, again, for a Christian, it's a slap in their face as to what Christians believe. But even for the secularist, it amounts to an act of sedition. We're giving ourselves over to a foreign power. Uh, That's usually against the law in most countries. So we really got to wake up here. We have to get smart as to what's going on and not just be... uh, run uh, with kind of what the mainstream media throws at us and think it's all sweetness and light. Bill, highly unlikely that Christians get invited to pray in the mosque because if we go in and pray the Lord's Prayer, they would have a problem with that. So the idea of Christian churches in solidarity with Muslims, even though they've got people who are suffering under a dreadful terror attack, uh, very, very unwise for Christians to have a Muslim come and pray these sorts of prayers in a church and then in our various levels of parliament and and, and lawmaking uh, circles. Yeah, again, it's not going to happen elsewhere. You want Christians coming in to pray publicly in a mosque in anywhere in the Middle East, it, it would never happen. Uh, and yet we're bending over backwards to make the reverse happen here while we forget, right? Right now in Nigeria, for example, hundreds of Christians have been killed, churches burned down, horrible persecution by Muslims of Christians. Uh, is Jacinda Ardern, is uh, even Scott Morrison, um, you know, any of the Western leaders, are they in sympathy with and uh, solidarity with the Christians, uh, putting up large crosses and having Christian prayer meetings in the parliament on behalf of those poor, uh, massacred Nigerian Christians? Uh, Well, unless I miss something, I don't think so. So here we've got Western politicians ready to go, as horrible as the Christchurch killings were, to bend over backwards to appease Islam and say, we're 100% with you. Uh, what about the Christians who are suffering and being killed in far, far greater numbers all around the world every single day? I wish at least we had a bit of, uh, you know, consistency here and we showed the same concern for them as we did in this case. Well, Bill, I'll point people to one of the latest articles, the one we're talking about really today, Time to Get Cluey About Islam, Allah and the Adhan. And uh, there are a number of other articles you've written over the past couple of weeks and exposing some of these issues. I'll point people to Culture Watch. Simply Google Culture Watch, one single word, or you can go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.